0: I had to get dig out my old computer to find my old tax return to verify my identity with the IRS so I could get my stimulus check. So I can then use my stimulus check money to pay the taxes that I owe the federal government because I pay more taxes than Jeff Bezos every fucking year. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I owe 1100 dollars this year.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> and I don't make any money. <laughs> i don't understand i say you burn burn the government down
0: i think it's because i have two jobs even though those two jobs together don't earn me more money than like a normal job
1: mm-hmm.
0: well it's dumb it is dumb so how has your week
1: been Joshi? well it's uh it's been something So, on our last uh, our last episode, I was a little goofy, because uh, I was hopped up on pain pills. Um, I think I managed to edit out the, the worst uh, things on there, but I still sounded a little goofy. I had two major dental emergencies. Um, the first one, I think, was the week before last, and... I had to go find an emergency dentist, and they had to extract one of my teeth, because I couldn't afford the root canal, and one of my fillings had come out, and I went back to work like two days later, and I was still in agonizing pain for some reason, so I went back to the urgent care, and... They had to extract the other tooth that was right next to the one they extracted, um, which was also a wisdom tooth. Well, you don't need that tooth anyway. Well, and this one was was really awful because he he was a lot faster than the other dentist. Um, And so he just stabbed these giant needles into my gums that hurt really bad. Um, And then just stood there waiting and hoping that they'd go into effect. And then he'd get started and I'd be like, oh, wait, 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 that hurts. And he'd get out another needle and jab it into my gums. Um, And then he just went for it. He just started yanking on that fucking tooth. And I thought I was going to die and pass out or something. Um, He just kept yanking on it. And it was really painful when it actually did come out. Um, But it took all of like 10 minutes. And then he was like, okay, have a good day. And I just had to leave. Wow. That sounds like a one night stand. Yeah, I felt I felt like I had gone to some like back alley dentist or something and that I'd get a major infection like the very next day. But thankfully I've been hanging in there. Yeah, I'm glad you survived and I'm glad you got to keep all your front teeth. I guess you're right. I should be I should uh count my blessings. I still have all my front teeth. You still have all your front teeth, your church teeth. <laughs> Those are the ones that really yeah, count in today's society. Now they're they don't they're they're not as helpful when it comes to chewing though. So yeah, but they're helpful I'm when it little, comes to getting a job. Well, I mean, I I still want the front ones too, but I'd like all of my teeth really. I I like my teeth where they are. Well, you didn't need that wisdom tooth anyway. So that's that's how uh that's how I've been doing lately uh dealing with getting my teeth ripped out of my head and managing the pain.
0: Well, you're doing well. You'd never notice.
1: You're right. I could be dead, so I guess I should be thankful.
0: Thank you oh, for yes, helping me standard. put things
1: into perspective. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Right? Okay. I know it is. What's wrong with your stovetop?
0: So, I my new apartment, I have one of those flat stovetops. Those yes. flat cooktops. And it somehow ended up with this big gouge in it. I don't know how that happened. So it was really bothering me. So what I did was I ordered these sponges from Amazon that you can attach to your power drill, which is a lot of fun. And I ordered a polishing compound. And I put that on the stove and attached the sponge to the drill and went
1: and just buffed it right out. And it's gone. And it didn't affect your, your stovetop's ability to, to heat or do what it's supposed to do? I mean, we'll see if it explodes and I end up with
0: shattered glass all over the place and in my mac and cheese. But I did cook <laughs> I, I did cook this evening, not on that burner, but on a different burner, and it was fine. I read this. I didn't just come up with this. I read this online as a way to, oh. to fix your stovetop. Oh, well, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. So, who are you, Mr. How many teeth does an average person have? Like 42? <laughs> that sounds like a lot. <laughs> how, how many I teeth? I don't know, but I, have, I have 3 have... less. Hang on, I'm going to count. I think there's 7 in a quadrant, so I have tw- I think I have 28 teeth. So, you had 32 with your wisdom teeth? I guess so. And how many do you have now?
1: 29? 29. You still have one more tooth than I do. Oh, well, that's... See, look at you. It's still putting things in perspective for me. (laughs) All right. So, um, the last time I saw my dad, he was missing one of his front teeth. See? And so
0: your dad is not saying the last time I saw Josh, he was missing one of his back teeth. He would have no idea.
1: I mean, he'd have no idea if he bumped into you on the street, but... I found I mean, it strange that he didn't feel the need to address it or, you know, tell me why he was missing one of his prominent front teeth. He just he just was missing it. Maybe he chipped
0: it on some tie hooker's clitoris piercing.
1: <laughs> Boy, I think I'm gonna to have to edit that one out. <laughs>
0: that is really the most likely scenario when it comes to your father
1: (laughs) yeah you know you're probably right
0: you know and three days later that poor girl was like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) fishing it out of there
1: oh my god let's (laughs) let's move on okay who are you hello everybody my name is josh gross and i'm whittling chance lee And this is a gross bit from Gross Misinterpretation, a short discussion from a queer viewpoint in between longer, possibly almost always, Stephen King-related episodes.
0: Yeah, I like how you said possibly Stephen King-related. Like, they're all Stephen King-related, except that one time we read Hannibal.
1: We also read Silence of the Lambs. Did we read both of them? Yeah, we read both of them and did episodes on both.
0: Oh, I don't remember reading Silence of the Lambs. Wow! Oh, I just remember Hannibal.
1: I'm sorry. So Josh, what's your Q-tip for the week? My Q-tip for the week is spring cleaning. Since we have a lot of extra time on our hands in our homes during quarantine, um, one of the first things that Reed and I did was was clean everything. Uh, We have this huge closet in our apartment that's for like additional storage and stuff and it was just crammed packed full of junk um, and we cleaned that whole sucker out we found all kinds of stuff um, to give away and to throw out and it looks beautiful now we have um, it's very organized we have specific places for all the stuff that we like to keep in there and so I can go in there and I can find like the stuff I need for mailing something or our tools, or our medical equipment, and it's all in certain places in our storage closet, and it's so much nicer. And then we cleaned out our kitchen, and reorganized all of our cupboards, um, so we always know where to find what we're looking for, because it has a special home now, then did the rest of the house as well, and frankly, it's been... A lot easier to maintain now that it's all cleaned and organized because we know you know we need to put things back where we got them and uh that that's i'm glad that we had the time to do it so i recommend anybody that is bored in quarantine to do some spring cleaning and clean out their house because uh it's it's been one less thing to stress out about what do you think of marie kondo i liked her book initially um, and I did some tips of hers. Um, I didn't really like her show that much, though, and now she's kind of, like, turned into a brand. So I don't, I don't really care too much anymore.
0: Yeah, I might have cleaned, but I just moved into this apartment, so it wasn't cluttered yet. Right. But I do recommend buffing your flat stovetop with a drill. So that's my cleaning tip, but my Q-tip is Drink. I love drinking when I first started don't shake your head at me I advocate drinking responsibly I'm just having a nice cocktail at the end of the day it's a nice way to mark the end of a day it can feel like you're just at home all the time so I would kind of go for a walk and then come back as if I'd come back from work and make myself a cocktail like I'm in Mad Men or something and I My cocktail of choice is the Caipirinha. Have you heard of that? Uh, I think so. I don't know what it is, but I think I've heard of it. Well, I'll tell you. The Caipirinha is the national cocktail of Brazil. I don't know if they vote on this or what, but every time you Google it, it says it's the national cocktail of Brazil. And it's really easy to make. I use, there's a liquor called cachaça. Have
1: you heard of that? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you have. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think Reed told me about this drink because he worked with somebody that was from Brazil that really liked it. It's really good. So I really like the Cachaca. It's like $30
0: maybe for a big bottle from the liquor store. The brand I've been getting is called Novo Fogo. There's only two in New Hampshire anyway, and that's the good one, the guy at the store told me. But it kind of smells like bananas. Oh, and it's, I think it smells really good. And all the caipirinha is, is you take a couple teaspoons of sugar, and then you take a few wedges of lime, and you muddle it all together in a glass, and then you leave it all in there, the muddled lime and the juice and the sugar. And then you just pour in a little more than two ounces of the cachaça, add some ice, ah, oh, heaven. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah, it's really nice, and you could just have one. It's very responsible, and it's just a nice way to end the day. And But then it got a little stressful. I'm not just going to go to the grocery store and stand in line for 30 minutes to buy some limes. Right. So I, I did buy a little plastic lime, so I, I used the little plastic
1: lime juice. It's not quite the same, but it's still good. Maybe you could plant your own like apocalyptic lime tree like uh, Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Was he growing limes in that? yeah in his little boat oh
0: well i still haven't i I put my avocado seed in water like three weeks ago and nothing's happened
1: but i'm also growing basil and lavender that i bought at home depot oh wonderful i have been putting off doing growing any of the herbs that i have collected and ready to 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 plant i guess i should get on that so i had a gross burning question for you since oh yeah Yes, since
0: the national cocktail of Brazil is the Caipirinha, I was wondering what you think the American national
1: cocktail is. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, so I decided it has to be Jack and Coke, because I didn't find a national cocktail when I was Googling it for the United States. All I found was the national liquor, which is bourbon, and the national drink, which is Coca-Cola. You put those together and you have a Jack and Coke
0: yeah i would agree with that i don't know again that's brazilian national cocktail did they vote on this was this a presidential decree did the people decide like when we were voting for thin elvis and fat elvis on postage stamps back in like 1994 how did they come up with this so yeah i I think that that would be right too because yeah you have like jack daniels tennessee whiskey and then coca-cola from atlanta it's a very southern drink too
1: Yes, and it's strange that uh, Brazil has its national cocktail because it didn't seem like anybody else did. They had national liquor like um, like England had gin. But yeah, there were lots of there were lots of countries that had their own national liquor, but I didn't see a lot of national cocktails. It makes me wonder
0: if that's just something that someone read online once and it just got perpetuated because Brazil is a giant country that we don't hear much about or know much about, just in general. So we're gonna move on to our new irregular segment, which we're calling Queer of the Year. This is a segment that we'll do whenever we feel like it, and we will explore a queer highlight from every year, from the years 1990 to now. And we're gonna alternate, so I'll do the even years, and Josh will do the odd years. I will. Because you're the odd one. I am very odd. So that means I have to go first for 1990. Um, so I was not really cognizant of anything in 1990. So this was quite a research excursion for me to figure out what was going on in 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 the gay pop culture world. And so for 1990, I've decided to talk about the first annual GLAAD Media Awards. Yay! Woo. So. Uh, GLAD initially stood for the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. It has two A's. GLAD, like a like a big gay sheep.
1: GLAD, GLAD,
0: and now that's just their name. They're just called GLAD. It's not they they got rid of the acronym so that they could open up and include bisexual, transgender, and other
1: orientations and gender identities. Doesn't that s- seem dumb, though? We all still know what the letters stand for.
0: Well, I'll get to them being dumb later, but they still seemed to be kind of cool in the 90s. So I had to do some research on Glad. They were formed in New York City in 1985, and it was mostly to protest defamatory AIDS coverage, specifically in the New York Post. Not that, I mean, the New York Post probably hasn't changed much in the last 30 years. What was that? I said unsurprising. Unsurprising. So they also later helped the New York Times change its editorial policy to use the word gay instead of, according to Wikipedia, harsher terms referring to homosexuality. I want to know what those were.
1: Yeah, what do you think they were calling gays?
0: I'm really curious. I'm going to see if I can click this footnote in the Wikipedia page
1: and find out. While you're um, doing that, I'll make suggestions. Yeah, Freaks. you make... <laughs> Homos. Um, oh, there's fudge packers. We've discussed that one before. Did we discuss that on the show? Yeah, we did. Did I talk about that random stranger calling
0: me a fudge packer on the telephone when I... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> when i um when i was in high school and my mom got me my own phone line so that i could be on the dial up internet without tying up the phone which i would do like 24 hours a day these random people would call me and they would insist that i was someone else i assume it was the person who used to who used to have the phone number yeah and but they would call me a variety of slurs on the phone too before i would hang up oh my goodness why and and so I don't know so that was one of them and the other one was I won't repeat it but it was a slur for Jewish people and I didn't even know what it meant I had to look it up so he calls me this and I'm like oh you know and I hang up the phone and then I go on the internet and google it (laughs) because I had never heard the word before
1: well that's terrible I'm so glad that people were being racist to you over the phone (laughs) racist and homophobic but I, I mean, I guess that's probably just par for the course for that time and that state. So this has been a wild journey for me
0: while you were spouting off derogatory terms for gay people. So <laughs> so on the Wikipedia, I got all my information from Wikipedia because where else are you going to go? And it says that the New York Times changes editorial policy to use the word gay instead of harsher terms referring to homosexuality. Then there's a the footnote. So right. I click the footnote. <laughs> and the footnote goes to the website Clay News Network. Take a guess who the Clay is in Clay News Network. Oh my God! It's Clay Aiken. It's Clay Aiken. So, <laughs> so this is the Clay Aiken News Network, which is all the latest news about Clay Aiken. So this is a Clay Aiken fan page. This isn't even wow. like his official. Website, And it's an article called Glad for Clay Aiken. And this is a trip. I don't know what, what year is this from. So someone last commented 580 weeks ago. That's what, a year? Only a year and a half ago? Oh, 580 weeks, not 580 days. <laughs> so this is like 10 years ago right okay so clay clay aiken fans have been excited since it was announced on march 11th that clay will present the excellence in media awards to tyra banks at the 20th annual glad media Awards. what (laughs) oh yes he's speaking to his good friend and colleague tyra banks i had no idea that they were good friends and how are they colleagues just because they're on
1: two separate reality shows doesn't make them colleagues I I haven't heard anything about them being friends. I think that might be an exaggeration.
0: Well, I don't know if music fan 123 would lie to us, but that is the (laughs) author of this post. And all it says, he has no footnotes. So he says that, he just says, the New York Times changed its policy to use the word gay instead of more derogatory names.
1: That's it. This does not sound like a very accurate source of information.
0: I know, so... Anyway, so yeah, that's according to Clay News Network. So take that with a grain of salt. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So the first annual GLAD Media Awards were in 1990. What were you watching on TV in
1: 1990, Joshua? Well, in addition to the New Kids on the Block TV show cartoon, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I was a big fan of, Um, I also watched Full House every Friday along with Family Matters and whatever else was on TGIF and then as a family we always watched um, America's Funniest Videos with Bob Saget Mm. and The Cosby Show Did you watch America's Funniest People with Dave Coulier? Yes I just didn't want to admit to that one (laughs) (laughs) I think that also had uh, like Tawny
0: Tony Katane. Yeah. hmm So I was trying to remember 1990 because, by God, that was tough. And it looks like that I watched every single cartoon that premiered on September 8th, 1990, um, including Bobby's World. Remember Bobby's World? Howie
1: Mandel? Yeah, I hated that show. Oh, I liked that one. I watched a lot of uh, afternoon shows, uh, cartoon shows, though, like the Disney Afternoon um, and I I remember watching Garfield and Friends and oh. Saturday Morning. I loved Garfield and Friends. Do you remember? Um,
0: so I was not watching anything that was honored at the 1990 Glad Media Awards. They gave Outstanding Daytime Drama to As the World Turns. So As the World Turns was voted Outstanding Daytime Drama because they had the first gay male on daytime TV, like daytime soap opera. Oh. The character of Hank Elliott came out as gay. So I watched the clip on YouTube and it was really interesting. I mean, it was, it was very respectful the way they did it. So this was a soap too that featured the first gay kiss years later, I found out.
1: So As the World Turns it was pretty progressive. That's surprising. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. So
0: best comedy series in 1990 was Dr. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Have you ever
1: heard yeah. of Dr. Doctor? Doctor? Ne- no, I've never heard of it. I mean, I know who Matt Fuer- F- Fruer is, but I don't know what that show is.
0: So yeah, Matt-, Matt Fruer played Max Headroom, which is another thing I never watched.
1: I did. I was like five and I, I remember Max Headroom. Um, I remember watching max headroom and being and thinking it was really weird and interesting audio clips of max headroom give me anxiety like and
0: and i'm afraid i'm gonna have nightmares that had an episode called torch song cardiology so it was a doctor show obviously but also a comedy it had a gay brother character played by someone named tony carrero who i've never heard of and that actor was also on Golden Girls. He played a nurse who told Rose she might have received a blood transfusion that was infected with AIDS.
1: Oh, we haven't got to that one in our rewatch. And I don't remember that one from back in the day. Well, you can when you watch it, you can see who the nurse is and remember that
0: he was once on a Glad Media award winning show. I will remember that. So the title is a play on the, the movie and play Torch Song Trilogy. Have you ever seen that? No, I have not. So this was created by Harvey Firestein. You know, Harvey Fierstein. I can't do his voice.
1: <laughs> no, yes. That was pretty good.
0: That wasn't too bad. Um. So that's, I guess, some sort of iconic gay movie that I should watch.
1: Oh. But the problem is that it has Matthew Broderick in it. I was going to say the problem was that it had Tate Donovan in it. And then I saw that it didn't. It didn't. So
0: it Tate Donovan was cast because Matthew Broderick didn't want to do it because he had just killed those people in Ireland.
1: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and you know, there is, I still have a lot of questions about that situation. Like I am so glad to give you an excuse to talk about this. Go. <laughs> <laughs> there, There's just so many questions I have about it that I haven't answered. I haven't gotten answers for like, well, neither is the family. <laughs> well, exactly. Like I, I, I don't understand what was going on, and I feel like I read that Broderick said that he didn't remember anything that happened. But I mean, Jennifer Gray was there. Does she not remember anything that happened either? I think he would do something to her if she told. Uh, my theory is that it was like um, it, it was like thinner. He was probably being pleasured in some way while he was driving and not paying attention and that's what happened Mm. yeah that would be embarrassing for everybody involved I would never if I was Jennifer Grey I would not admit that either well no I wouldn't either um and he definitely should have got a curse put on him (laughs) yeah we could only hope maybe
0: it's just a late acting curse (laughs) you know it'll strike when we least expect it Well, we can hope. It's only been 30 years.
1: Yeah, I didn't know anything about this for the longest time. And then Reed brought it up in conversation like several years ago. And I was like, what? What the hell is this? I didn't hear anything about this. I have to investigate. And it just made me madder and more confused. And I hate it when I don't know about things. Me too. Especially when it involves
0: that murderer, Matthew Broderick. I know. Don't sue us if you're listening. You're not listening. He probably so, has cocaine, too.
1: <laughs> well, as long as he's doing that responsibly, it's fine. I said that because of uh, James Woods getting mad at that guy on Twitter for suggesting that he was a cocaine user. Oh, God, he's crazy. In mean, trying to sue
0: him. Yeah. He, yeah, he's nuts. So, Glad also gave awards to Outstanding Comedy Episode and then 1990 it went to an episode of the tracy allman show
1: that's awesome have you ever watched that show i haven't but i've watched uh, i watched a, 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 i've watched a few different things that she's been on i think she had like a later show or like a stage show or something that i watched she had
0: tracy takes on on hbo in the late 90s
1: oh okay. that was pretty
0: popular This is the Tracy Ullman show, which is on, I think it was on Fox because The Simpsons is a spinoff of the Tracy Ullman show. Right. So this episode I watched is called The Co-op and two men are going to rent a New York apartment that's a co-op and they're afraid they won't get approved because they're a gay couple. These co-op apartments are not something that I'm very familiar with except for the one time that I applied to live in a co-op apartment as a subletter and got rejected by the co-op.
1: That's outrageous. Was it because
0: you're gay? I think it was because of my income level. Oh, well, that's less Which dramatic. also comes up. So so I actually watched this skit on YouTube. It has um, Homer Simpson, Dan Castellaneta, and someone named Sam McMurray, who I was not familiar with at all. And who you've described as a mincing queer. So, that's, I, so this man is not gay. I looked up his Wikipedia page. He's married to a woman, but he spends the... The whole skit, just just going around like this with his hands up by his head and just like being like, oh, my God, I don't know why anybody would think we're a gay couple. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's that's how he chooses to play that role. And Tracy Ullman is this crazy cat lady who's on the co-op board. And glad approved of this. Yes. And uh, Julie Kavner. Is Julie Kavner Marge Simpson? She is. So she's this crazy blind woman. Um, Yeah, it seemed a little, I mean, I guess like, I don't know. It wasn't like overly offensive. I think they got the apartment in the end. I kind of checked out. It was really boring. (laughs) And it was only like five minutes long. So Outstanding Drama episode went to 30-something. That was a huge show in the 90s. I remember
1: remember 30-something. I didn't watch it because I was like eight. Yes, we were like zero something. We weren't watching 30-something. Yes. So this was a
0: show awarded to an episode called Strangers, which was the first show that featured two men in bed together. Oh, my heavens. Yes, but they weren't allowed to touch. Oh, my God. Um, So they were like, you know, bare shoulders, you know, under a sheet laying side by side, and it was implied that they had just done it. So, this was a huge deal. Um, many of the show's sponsors pulled out. This was on ABC, and ABC lost about a $1.5 million in ad revenue. And then moved the show from ever rerunning again. That's crazy. So, it definitely shows what a different time it was back in the 1990s. Sometimes it's crazy to think, like, this happened in our lifetime. Well... Yes. So, you know, in one way, it's like, oh, look how far we've come. But there is a, um, a professor of media and culture quoted on the Wikipedia page who wrote that the price gay characters paid for being on primetime TV is chastity. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be gay, but you have to be non-sexualized. And I think that's something that still we still have echoes of that today. There's, we definitely You, you have to do. be like a safe gay character. And Outstanding TV miniseries was the Women of Brewster Place, which was a title that tickled some weird thing in the back of my brain. Like, it sounded kind of familiar. Uh-huh. It was produced by Oprah. It had Oprah in it, and it featured a, um, a lesbian couple, two women of color who were a lesbian couple.
1: Oh, that's nice. Especially yeah. for 1990. Especially what? Especially for 1990. Yeah, so, you know, these were great. So this was the first annual Glad
0: media awards and much later they would honor bill clinton in 2013 which is just absurd so i feel like they've kind of lost all all revelen- relevancy that Revolancy? doesn't make any
1: sense
0: no it doesn't make any sense so they um they honored him because of his support of the lgbt community and his recognition that the defense of barrage act is unconstitutional even though he's the one who signed it yes and they never even mentioned don't ask don't tell so i actually looked into the history of the Defense of marriage act and that was such a huge political success so many congress people i forget how the government works sorry Sumi. me signed it that it was actually a majority so the president couldn't have vetoed it he had no choice but to sign it i guess
1: in the world of the government
0: bernie sanders was one of the few people who opposed it
1: well i still remember don't ask don't tell also
0: and that i mean that would definitely clinton supported and was not mentioned in this glad honor at all so i feel like they've they've kind of lost any sense of of relevance in the world and exists mostly just to i don't know raise money they cater to a lot of big celebrities and popular things yeah yeah they that's nice I think once you're giving awards to straight people for changing their mind, like you just don't have a purpose anymore.
1: No, I definitely agree. i' I'm really surprised by that, really.: Yeah, it's very disappointing.
0: So who knows what Glad is up to today? I mean,
1: Clay Aiken and Tyra Banks are there, so that's great. Well, I'm glad that Glad could bring Tyra Banks and Clay Aiken together.
0: You're glad.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for accompanying me on this trip back to 1990, Josh. You are welcome. I always enjoy time traveling. This was
0: very gay. Um, Gayer than the Super Mario Brothers 3 show, which is what I was watching in 1990.
1: That's gay subtext. Well, this has been a fabulous gross bit, Josh. Yes, I've enjoyed myself, and I've enjoyed learning about our gay history. Yeah, I can't wait to figure out what you talk about for 1991. Oh,
0: I've got all kinds of things planned. Just you wait. Oh my. Oh my goodness, I can't wait for this trip down the rainbow-tiled memory lane. <laughs> wow, yeah, I can't wait either.
1: The Rainbow Brick Road. <laughs> well, I guess the
0: yellow brick road's gay enough.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say, I mean, why does it have to be rainbow? I mean, okay, Rainbow Road, Mario Kart. Okay, that does it for today's gross bit. Uh, once again, if you would like to uh, contact us, you can do so at the gross one at outlook.com. You can also leave a review uh, at on iTunes. And we will probably have another gross bit before we have Dr. Sleep come out. But you can expect those on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, our new publishing schedule. Yes, so every Wednesday we should have some sort of new episode, whether it's a gross bit or whether we're actually getting to our Stephen King book. We're here every week to fulfill your gross cravings. We're here and we're queer. Get used to it, bitch. All right. Thank you, Chance. Goodbye. Thank you, Joshi. Bye.